We have a sports preview this episode, and it's our anniversary episode. Given that 2020 is what it is, I'm honestly not sure either would have happened. But here we are, and it's a high point. So we're going to talk offense, dudes, and guys. Oh, and of course, answer your Twitter questions. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, of course, joined by the man who has been snorting bits of college football from the closet via his ESPN app, Kevin Grek, and returning our dear friend and a public health expert we will not ask public health questions of, Alex Plum. Plum, start with you, buddy. How you doing? I'm good, you guys. Man, I missed last week, but I got that good old-fashioned feeling uh, when I used to uh, download the uh, pod and go on a walk and uh, just smile so that the neighbors thought I was weird. And uh, it was nice to hear your dulcet tones, the two of you, uh, without my screechy offensiveness kind of closing <laughs> it down. Yeah, yeah, are you used to hearing yourself speak yet? Because it takes a while. Oh, I don't listen. I, I make sure to download the pods, but I don't listen to them after we've uh, recorded. Thank I can't. You. Yeah, good. We need Thank those download for numbers. Jonesy's listen accounting. We appreciate you still going back and downloading the the podcast. I, That's nice. I want Otherwise, so I want so bad to drop searching. some awkward brands. Want to <laughs> drop some awkward brands in the podcast, Greg? How has your week been? Low key, very productive. Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't have to put my phone in another room when I had to prepare for a meeting. Uh, that wasn't a thing that was required this week uh, at all. What about you guys? Yeah, um, I, you know, definitely didn't drain my entire iPhone battery within like two hours, just constantly refreshing Twitter. Um, so, yeah, real, real chilly, chill week. It's been cool. You know, wait, what happened cool. this week? I don't <laughs> nothing. We'll move on. Uh, <laughs> Greg, uh, tell the folks uh, this is this is this is weird. This is going to be a kind of normal show. Like it feels like it's been a long time since we were doing the thing that maybe we set out to do. So tell people who are joining us what the structure of the show is going to look like. Uh, so first off, we got Greenwall and Greenwall has sports this week ladies and gentlemen we're going to preview a little bit of the spartan football offense leaving aside for now the question of whether or not football should be played at all uh and then we're going to talk about some non-conference developments in basketball and then we're going to go off river touch on a couple little things have a not a sponsor and then get into those twitter questions baby so it's gonna be pretty good it's gonna be a pretty good week i think oh yeah so Um, We are not only going to start with a sport that leads uh, behind the green wall, but we're going to start with the side of the ball that leads. That is to say (laughs) the MSU offense. Uh, So what we thought we would do over the next uh, couple weeks here as we ramp up for our first week of kickoff is do a a little preview of each side of the ball and uh, and then hit the special teams with a a look at also – speaking of special teams of Rutgers, um, as well. So, uh, I would say, I don't, I caught bits of Jay Johnson's, uh, press conference. I think before we get into sort of his status update, uh, it's fair to say he's just a very nice sounding man. He just sounds like a good dude. Um, 
Did you enjoy Jay Johnson? Does he feel like I, I, I kind of didn't get a total cutthroat vibe from him? I'm with you, man. Um, 50 year old. He's a veteran coach. He's an administrator. He's the kind of yes. uh, silver haired. Um, he's kind of, you know, you know who I kind of want to say he he's sort of picking up for me the mantle of coach D, you know, in some respect, he's kind of, that's the new guy. His, his profile picture at Michigan state, he has uh, probably needs about a 15 and a half inch neck uh, on this shirt. It looks like it's about 17 inches real baggy um, <laughs> window pane style shirt with a tie that can only be described as reptilian. Um, not, not the, not the go-to guy for your sartorial needs, but if you need a real guy's guy, I think Jay Johnson <laughs> is that guy. We don't know. Maybe Jay Johnson lost a lot of weight before he sat down for that photo. Uh, if not though, Jay, I got some Taylor recommendations for you here in the mid Michigan area. There, there are some hidden gems around here. So I'd also like to say maybe, you know, Indochino M Taylor, uh, we are open to sponsorship uh, opportunities. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, if you want some promo code action, you know, just give us a shout, but, uh, Greg, uh, I know you sat through, um, 20 some minutes of Jay. Uh, what were your key takeaways from, uh, from the con- the press conference before we maybe move through each position group and kind of talk to the folks about what they can expect out of the team. Well, the position that leads the uh, side of the ball that leads, of course, is quarterback. And it sounds like Rocky Lombardi has a bit of an edge there as a result of his in-game experience. But Jay Johnson made it a point to emphasize that he is spreading around the reps in practice equally. And that each one of the guys has done good things and each one of the guys has left a couple opportunities on the practice field. So not a surprise, I don't think, to anyone listening to this. The 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 job is not Rocky Lombardi's to lose, as we thought maybe it was two months ago when uh, when we were playing with the idea of having football before. With that said, though, He does seem to have the edge right now. And Jay Johnson said that he wants to name a starter before the season begins. And he doesn't have any interest in going into the season without a dedicated uh, uh, starter, although it is possible that he may need to. So that is one departure from the D'Antonio years where Mark would be like, oh, we just had a. you know, we just had a, a program quarterback leave. Well, we'll decide who the next one is by game seven. You know? Oh, I thought it, I thought it would be good. Mark D'Antonio was more like whoever's oldest wins. And then that's it's also just, true. <laughs> this that's Maxwell guy true. is oldest. He sounds like a good idea. I've seen the most of uh, <laughs> Andrew, so he's going to be our starter. Um, it, it's like it's like uh, sons who are competing for their father's affection. It's like, but you know, he's only like, who have I seen the most of? And that's that's the one I care about. As the oldest son in my family, I have to say that that's probably the best way of going. <laughs> um, so not a bad way. Thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, in the quarterback position, it sounds like it's a bit of a toss up right now. But uh, give the slight edge to Rocky, which. I would give it to him on hair. There was no reference in 20 minutes of talking to Jay Johnson, Rocky Lombardi's hair. What is what a missed opportunity? Come on, guys. What, yeah, it took real courage and real leadership to to hack that hair off, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to acknowledge it. Last it's, week it is we talked the about the elephant in the room. 
Last week, we talked about all of these jabronis in the MSU uh, press room. Like, not a single one of them brought up Rocky's hair, but professionals, I guess. Uh, so that was that was QB. Do you want me to keep going, or do you guys want... Well, yeah, so uh, I, I guess... This? <laughs> uh, so, no, I, I think that's interesting. I think the other piece that we've now heard from, and obviously we heard from Jay, but uh, was uh, the wide receiver core. And, you know, it's it's worth mentioning that and it was certainly we've talked about it on the pod that we, you know we graduated almost all of the reps from last year. Yeah. And yet somehow we feel better about this year's team. Yes, somehow this is a position group where we're confident <laughs> that we're we're straight up stacked. So <clears throat> I think the um uh, you've named someone on here called CJ Watts. Uh, I believe that's CJ Hayes. Right. Yeah, actually, that was the wrong name that Jay Johnson used in the press conference and he got <laughs> called on it. And then I didn't update my notes. I uh, you know what? I, I bet you he was just busy watching some Rocket Watts uh, highlights and just, you know, got things mixed up. Yeah, but that happens. Um, so the the interesting thing is, uh, here is that um, we've got speed for the first time. So, uh, you know, between uh, Jaden Reed, who's the transfer from Western Michigan, and Jalen Naylor being super fast. Uh, that's uh, we haven't been able to take the top off in a while. Plum, what do you think? Are do you anticipate a vertical attacking offense here, or not? <laughs> Jay Johnson doesn't <laughs> seem like he's an air raid kind of guy. No, he doesn't. I mean, I think. Um it looks like that that hasn't been his his past experience it wasn't in georgia um uh when he was uh, at louisiana again same thing um so i think you know i think we're going to see something a little more traditional out of him on this and i i don't think we're going to see a bunch of stuff in the air as it were yeah um did uh, pl- uh, greg i didn't catch all of it like i said did you happen to see jay talk about what he hopes to do with that that skill set no, he didn't have a whole lot to say about scheme uh, in particular. The only questions about scheme that came to him from our friends in the media were, you know, what was the install of the new offense looking like? And he said that they spent the first six days of practice kind of inundating them with the playbook. And then they they let off the gas on that a little bit. It became clear that they had, might have overdone it, but it sounds like they've installed just about the entire playbook that they would intend to use, at least in the front half of the season. So uh, he sounded pretty pretty happy about that, but uh, that was the extent that they talked about individual schemes. So we could, at some other point, kind of break down, as I know other uh, other media outlets have done, the history of Jay Johnson uh, as an offensive coordinator. Sure. But uh, I think until we actually see it in green and white, it might not be a uh, an exercise worth pursuing. Yeah, um, and and I think uh, you know one of the things that's really exciting, at least on the receiver receiving core, is that even though you know Jaden Reed is not a a proven commodity at MSU, um, he is he's 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 an All American, right? Like. He has a track record of being very successful. Yeah. Jalen Naylor, we know, is stupid fast. It's just a matter of 
can he stay healthy? Um, Trey Mosley, we saw plenty of last year and were really impressed by at the end of last year. Uh, you know, maybe not the fastest guy, but like, and I hate that, that people are like, oh, he's a route runner. I don't, I don't even know what that means, but you can, you can talk Usually Trey Mosley up we, to the route runner category. Usually we reserve that for white NFL uh, wide receivers. <laughs> sure. Yes. Um, and then I think the, the one, the one person that, you know, there's a handful of freshmen that are super interesting, but someone who's a red shirt last year was Trayvon Morgan, uh, who I believe is listed at, I think he might be listed at six, seven, but is likely six, six two twenty. Um, he's a big boy to be catching the ball. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to be an entirely different skill set in sort of a red zone package that MSU has not seen in a long time, long, long time. Speaking of big boys catching the ball and position groups that might not have been receiving the ball, uh, much of late tight ends, uh, Jay Johnson made it a point to emphasize that tight ends are going to be more frequently incorporated in the offense, uh, this year. And that a gentleman by the name of Tyler Hunt, and I think we all remember Tyler Hunt, of course. Who? Now, he's a converted former kicker of some kind. Wait, uh, what? Yes. Yes. Got called out as being a guy that's going to be a dude for MSQ. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wait, go what? ahead. Write that one down, Tyler Hunt, and then right before the Rutgers game, turn to the one other person that you're watching the game with and just be like, I hear Tyler Hunt's going to have a, a strong year. And when he catches a touchdown pass, they'll be like, what? How did you need to stop following <laughs> college boys on on Twitter? Uh, <laughs> but you're you'll really impress your significant other, your girlfriend, your your wife with that information, because um, we're all going to be watching these games alone uh yes that's true um uh also you know be more inclusive come on buddy um the all right yes i'm sorry your wife your girlfriend your beautiful dog yali thank you or your proud boy because we're taking that back as as i understand we're we're gonna take proud boy back yep mine now mine yep (laughs) Um, my understanding is proud boy doesn't belong to them anymore got it uh love it uh the all right so i think the one other place that i I was trying to go through the tight end list because my understanding is we actually had uh is it trenton gillison is the tight end everyone thought was going to be awesome this next year and uh dotson was also back but anyway apparently i think they got shouts they got shouts but they ain't no tyler hunts okay (laughs) Okay. Let's just say that. So I I think the one other place to talk about real quick before we move on is, you know, the last skill position, the running back, we're stacked there as well. Are we Um, stacked? I mean, one of our dudes that's going to be splitting carries is a guy that quit the team last year and then couldn't find a place good enough to transfer to. Right. Speaking of tight ends, I think he's going to end up over there, but he's going to, he's not, he's going to be a weird package. He's not getting carries. Okay, we're talking about Connor Hayward for folks that have had more important things going on than football and don't recall what happened last year. Uh, Connor left the team last year. Connor quit the band, but now he's back. Um, 
yeah, we'll see. It's going to be apparently a fairly even distribution of of touches, uh, favoring Eli Collins. But uh, I mean, we'll see. Ants there. Um, but I don't. I, I don't understand how you have an even distribution of touches when Eli Collins had the fifth best stats in the Big Ten last year in a league that included J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor. Well, I think I'm, you just don't want Eli Collins to get, I mean, he's a true sophomore, right? No, you he's a redshirt him, sophomore. Pardon me. He's a redshirt sophomore, right? So you don't want him to get, you know, pounded. You want him to be fresh uh, going later on. So we'll see. Maybe things will end up being, they'll end up favoring Eli Collins, and I hope they do. I mean, uh, Connor Hayward was on the team when Eli Collins started taking his touches. So I think we've also got Anthony Williams back there, Brandon Wright, who I'm guessing they're probably going to try and maybe keep a red shirt on him this year. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they Jordan Simmons, who we talked about as like the crown jewel of the Mark, Mark D'Antonio's last recruiting class, who had a legit offer list, despite being a three star, you know, recruit. Uh, is also someone who maybe gets a handful of touches this year. Um, Did you phrase it that way? Just so our U of M listenership can be like, what? three-star oh. prized recruit. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, Hey, you know, we can't, we can't all have the next Drew Brees slash Tom Brady slash uh, Cam Newton on our team. So um, with who, who also when playing appears to be activated by the star from super Mario brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, anyway, I, look, I think, uh, this is, uh, as far as we're concerned, you know, we don't know the last place to look is the offensive line. And I think the fact of the matter is, is we just don't know a ton. Well, um, there has been a change in the way that they're conditioning with a heavier emphasis on stretching. Just simply stretching. So maybe we don't have 80 different combinations of an offensive line next year. Listen, man. I mean, you got to keep those guys healthy. I I think the last couple of years of the D'Antonio, you know, era would have been at least a little bit more palatable if they could have kept some consistency on the offensive line. So there we go. We'll see. We'll see. Next week, defense. Yes. Brought to uh, you by Secchia family defensive coordinator, Scotty Hazelton. So. And that sweet, sweet beard. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Plum, uh, let's talk a little hoops. The shooty hoops. Shooty hoops. Um, there has been some developments, and we have some scheduled days. What can you tell the folks about uh, the non-con season in front of them? That is to say the non-conference season. Oh, a little non-con. Well, according uh, to John Rothstein at CMS Sports, we are opening the season at the Orlando Invitational, November 25th through the 27th. Um, we'll see if that actually happens. <laughs> you can't give me bad copy and expect me to not read it verbatim. It's like... It's I updated like, the M to the B to on the, the Google Docs. No, no, let's go with CMS Sports. It's like... <laughs> It's like when it's like in the West Wing, you know, when it's, you're watching and they have to not use CNN. It's CBN, MS Sports. God darn it! Okay, anyway, that's uh, that's Capital Medical Services. John oh Rothstein of Capital. Their their sports 
office. Hmm. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> theoretically, if this Orlando Invitational takes place, uh, they'll be we'll be down there in November um, in the city of Orlando. That's in the state of Florida, um, I think. And the field is uh, including right now Gonzaga, us, Auburn, Xavier, St. Louis, Belmont, Boise State, and an eighth team that I think we all know will just be App State. Let's be real clear. Of course, <laughs> uh, that's the one that we all grab for first yep. is App State. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and then it, it sounds like the just a few days later, uh, Michigan State will be taking on again in Orlando, Duke, um, which, you know, if they end up just staying down there, could present some sort of advantages against Duke, maybe? Sure. You know? Couldn't um, hurt. Yeah. It'd, it'd be exciting. I would. They're I would remote take... students one way or another. You might as well have a couple days in Orlando. I mean, what's the, the point, bubble. honestly, at that point in time, and if, if we make it to the 27th and, and flying them back just to have them literally have to go back the next day? Right. Um, yeah. I think I think we can reasonably expect that that is what's going to happen. Um, those games account for what would that be Four, four or five of the possible seven non-conference games? There is the Big Ten ACC challenge. Um which will which will be there, uh, which probably MSU will be playing a road game. And then there is the potential of the like the Gavit games, which is the Big East showcase. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows Dan Gavit. Everybody. Danny Gavit. He's everywhere. Uh, not every Big Ten team participates every year, and there are rumors that MSU won't be this season. So Ooh, spicy. We'll see what happens with that. It's not confirmed. We won't know until we get the Gavi game schedule, which I know everyone is on the edge of their seat about. So we'll try to retreat <laughs> as quickly as we possibly can because you guys can't get enough of the Gavit games. You know, Tom Izzo uh, famously loved uh, that Gavit guy. Famously loved him. Loved his name. Uh, his, his, <laughs> Oh, I still remember <laughs> like what low charisma that guy was too. Yeah. Oh, and now he's leading all of college basketball. What's up with that? All right. Um, let's head off Grand River where I think we can keep this a little loosey goosey just for <laughs> just for a second, because this this has been a tight run ship so far. This is just going to be us around the water cooler. You know, yeah. Having a having a chat. I think we got to start with what. 2020. Q4 2020 has a twisted sense of humor um, because Arkansas, a team that has not won an SEC game in two whole coaches' tenures, or it's been two coaches since they've won an SEC game, beats Mississippi State. Mike Leach, who just was a king killer taking down LSU the prior week. What is going on? Is this a COVID reflection or is it just? No. Just 2020 is chaos. No, you don't understand. It's parody in the SEC because those teams should just be the top 10 team, top 12 teams, you know? Sure. It's just the parody of that conference. That's what's going on here. That's the difference. That's what you don't understand watching your slow circa 1974 Big Ten not even playing yet. Three yards <laughs> in a pile of dust, you know? That's, that's, that's what, what you I'm don't for. get. Anything can happen any week in the SEC, baby. Speed. 
in space. Uh, Plum. <laughs> that's different. I mean, that's a different team entirely. So here's the thing. Plum, here's the thing. Uh, Arkansas loses a game by close and then beats number 14 Mississippi State. There are so few teams literally playing college football right now. Is it fair to say that Arkansas, which is lower than Rutgers in terms of its esteem in college football, should maybe be ranked right now? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that pause that you heard was Plum going through the full beautiful mind. You know, <laughs> the numbers just flying at him. <laughs> and no. <laughs> and I say no to that. No, definitely no. not. No. I mean, good for Sam Pittman, I guess. Yeah, right? first year coach. Dug him out of that hole. Right? It is his first year, right? Yeah. It's, I don't know who, uh, what was he doing before? Because I need to know everything about somebody who would ever take this job. Uh, he was at uh, Georgia. He was a bulldog. He was the offensive line coach. Offensive line coach. Wow. So he got to skip, two, he skipped two steps is really what he got. Yeah. Right? Yep. He didn't do the coordinator thing. Well, who needs it? Who needs it? Who needs Georgia. It? That's right. That's right. Uh, this is <laughs> poor Arkansas, man. Um, they bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, there's a Twitter question about this. Uh, I've got to be honest. I have not been watching a great deal of the college sports that have been offered me. Have you guys? Well, um, I was, I was, I was in Cape Cod on Saturday, so. So they, oh, did, oh. they don't have football. We got up to the cod. It's so hard. You're on the cod. I'm just saying. Really I opted for enjoying the outdoors over, uh, you know, it was a, it was a special time. You know, you know, croquet and crab cakes is exactly like college football, though. Like, if you're going to watch a sport, it'd be tennis or college football, right? Oh, there or was a gentleman like next door that was sort of full on sailing bro gear. Like, I also lax on the side, bro. Um, it was, it was, it was real, real special. It was a good time. Anyway, they were very friendly. They were nice <laughs> with all their bro gear and yeah. the laxing. The laxing. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to call out Arkansas cause I, I think we should celebrate them. You know, it, it, it is obviously a team that is somehow near and dear to our hearts because John L. <laughs> They they hired John L after what happened at Michigan State. <laughs> and then he just happened into a head coaching role there. Yeah, I mean, how does that happen? It is astounding. Um, well, it's what happens when your real head coach is on a motorcycle with his mistress and they have an accident. Then you get John L. That's the <laughs> other side of that coin. Do you think it would matter anymore in today's political environment? You know, don't you think they would just somehow get around that? Especially in Arkansas. Like I they'd mean, be like, whatever dudes, anything anymore. It just feels exactly. Like. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Well, he was also pretty banged up. Like, I don't know if even like physically he was in a condition to be coaching at that time, but I don't know how that means you end up with John L though. Like you could have put, I could have coached that team. I could have coached that team. I've, I've seen the John L hits. I've seen all of the John L hits. I know how to do that job. Including the self-inflicted ones during yeah. press conferences. 
Yes. The, uh, I could at least, uh, do a next question. You know, I have, I have the advantage of Mark D'Antonio tutelage as well. So, um, anyway, uh, all right. This has been maybe our least inspiring, not, uh, uh, (laughs) river segment, but really it's all about the eyes on the prize for what's to come in, in, uh, in next year or in, in later this month when Michigan state finally takes the field, I think, um, that's that's where the focus is going to be because what are we going to re- recap recap SEC games? That's not going to be a thing. So uh, Plum, let's uh, let's hear from a not a sponsor. You uh, you have an interesting one that you brought to us this week. It's one of my real joys to bring uh, not a sponsors into the pod because I feel like it's the least I can do with all of the uh, expertise you guys bring in the actual realm of content. Anywho, this week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to us by Jimmy Butler's Big Face Coffee. That's right. When the Miami Heat shooting guard isn't draining threes, he's up in his hotel room draining the wastewater from all the lattes he's been slinging. A burgeoning barista, Butler's prices <laughs> might seem steep at $20 a cup, no matter the size. But hell, when you make that much money and you're living in a bubble, what else are you going to spend it on? Anywho, for a limited time only, listeners of the pod who can somehow swindle, finagle, or otherwise manage to pop inside the old NBA bubble, and who mentioned the promo code Marquette Macchiato, can get a specialty <laughs> cup of Joe for only eighteen ninety nine. Wow! Thanks, Jimmy. Cash only, no change. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, thank you for joining the pod. Also, Plum, I see here that we have a picture of of Jimmy Butler's um sign. Yeah. Yeah, folks, big face coffee. Yeah, folks haven't heard about this. Um, first, how dare you? You should really be listening to um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on Saturday mornings on NPR. Um, but if you can't figure out how to f- uh, squeeze that into your schedule, hop onto Twitter and take a look at uh, old Jimmy's uh, Twitter feed here. I think you will quite enjoy uh, the uh, the side side hustle the guy's got going on. It's uh, it's a true delight. We'll we'll have to tweet it out after the show as well. Smart. Um, no IOUs, cash only at Big Face Coffee. I all that's cash. No Venmo. Does he get or? tipped? Does he get tipped on twenty bucks as well? Can't. That's 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 ludicrous. <laughs> that's that's too much. That's a too too big of an ask. Um, yeah, how much are you tipping on that? I mean, I don't go see a lot of baristas. I make uh, my my straight black coffees myself generally. Tell um, us, uh, tell us that the baristas you do see, they tend to be at the drive-through at either McDonald's or, <laughs> or at uh, at uh, uh, what what's it called, Starbucks, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because uh, those venti coffees are only like two bucks or whatever. So, yeah, thanks. We it's a good thing we took this side street so that I could again earn my foodie bona fides uh, yes. with another question. All right, Plum, we're going to head to Twitter questions, and I'm going to swing it to you. CT and TC first asks, what are you dressing up for for Halloween this year? So it's got to be some sort of uh, couple's costume with the dog. Um, Maybe couple's is the wrong word, but I think you get the point. Uh, haven't quite, haven't quite figured it out yet. I did see an interesting one where, uh, uh, they had a dog covered in a bunch of like, um, uh, rope or something. And it looked like it was a mop. So maybe I'll dress up as a janitor Ooh. and take the puppy out as a mop. I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, that's yeah, fine. You- and then, 
then the, like the pole for the mop is the leash. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Now, I wonder if you could just get like a, a ring and, and clip it on there with a pole. So instead of sort of having a traditional leash, you could just have a pole and sort of. We, we, yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll take suggestions. If, if folks have got um, clever ideas, you know, hit me up on Twitter. Love to uh, crowdsource this for uh, something real good. Yeah. Um, that is, of course, at Plum Alex on Twitter. I don't think I did the promo of at Spartan, Spartan underscore pod. You did. You skipped it. Yeah. Wow. God, long weekend. Anyway, um, Greg, uh, next question from CT and TC is, what's your favorite college football gimmick offense or defense? Oh, gimmick offense. Or are there gimmick defenses? Um, Yeah, are there? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think. It's tough because with this listenership, you can't say wildcat because people will throw up. You can't say um, like stacked box, you know, because that's rough too. Uh, I, God, my primary, my primary fandom has been so vanilla for so long. I'm not yeah. really sure what to say. Do you have an answer to this? I mean, I, the air raid is fun to watch, right? Like, I don't know if that's a gimmick though, because I, I I think you you house LSU, and I don't think you can call that a gimmick anymore. Yeah, that's been properly incorporated into much of college football. Yeah, point. but you know, if if you're going to say that a guy who throws the ball sixty times a game is a gimmick, I'll take Mike Leach. You're here, um, Plum. What were your thoughts on the first debate? <laughs> I won't watch another one <laughs> that one I can tell you whether because uh, whether because of viral considerations or because uh, I just choose not to um, you respect yourself. I, respect I would rather watch on. Michigan State go three and nine and another three to yes. nine times than watch yes. that debate again. Yeah, I, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. I will tell you, though, that I did call each of my U.S. senators and my congressperson begging them to get in touch with the uh, executive director of the Commission on Presidential Debates, demanding uh, that we not go through that again. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're here. Um, what uh, uh, Plum, what or uh, yeah, Plum, I'll send it to you first and, and Greg, I'll see if you got a different question answer. But what Big Ten coach is most likely to be a super spreader? Harbaugh, that's not even a question. CTNTC, you knew the answer when you asked it. Listen, you've seen the way the man wears khakis. He clearly has no self-respect. Masks, Then, and when I've seen the guy in a mask, it's usually ill-fitting and not fully covering all orifices that it should be. Um, so I'm not convinced that uh, that Harbaugh is himself not the secret uh, super spreader that's probably responsible for a lot of what's happening right now. He was in the Rose Garden. If, I mean, if you had to, well, he may have. Anyway, yeah, he would have liked to have been. Uh, if, and Plum, if you had to pick a uh, a hoops coach, who do you got? Oh man, I mean, not, I look at Juwan Howard as someone who makes innocent recruiting violations. Is like, oh shucks. It's like I can see him being like, oh shucks, I forgot my mask was around my neck this entire time. You know, what I'll say is, and I know Tom Izzo would never do this because he'll wear a mask, but you've seen, have you really seen a current Big Ten coach get quite as worked up and foam at the mouth quite as much as you have Tom Izzo? And that's Fran why McCaffrey. I would say. Fran McCaffrey. Well, maybe. Yeah. yeah, okay. McCaffrey. All right. Fine. All right. Then we'll go McCaffrey. But 
But McCaffrey, I don't trust in a mask as much as I do Izzo. And that's why, while Izzo might have the propensity, he has the morals. It's yes. also possible that Fred Hoiberg's still out there, like still beating <laughs> that flu from the Big Ten tournament. <laughs> oh, I forgot Just all like, about that. Hack it. Yeah, that's because. God, how long has this year been? In a chronological six months, but a, in effect, full decade ago. Oh, yes. Yes. The world was like, what's happening with COVID? And he yeah. shows up wrecked by the flu. Yes. Basically, he died on the sidelines uh, of the Big Ten <laughs> tournament. All right. We'll head next to Elon Bloom, who asks, can I ask a question about his? Can I? Uh, all right. Um, he wants to ask Plum uh, to give his take on Trump and COVID. I, I will say, uh, you know, this isn't for Plum, uh, but, you know, Elon Bloom, we appreciate the question. Alex is about ready to answer it. But, you know, we are not a politics podcast. So, Plum, what you got? Well, it's true. We're not. We're not a politics podcast. Uh, that said, I think uh, there's a couple things to start with. The first is, uh, for whatever we might feel about him politically, he's the president of the United States. Um, and, uh, as, as the office holder of the country's highest office, um, I think it is incumbent upon us, uh, and I will stake out this position for the pod to, um, to root for his health and his healing and his wholeness. Uh, and hopefully, um, if he, if he has the capacity, uh, to learn from this, uh, and understand how the severity of this disease is, uh, you know, maybe it will make for better policy in whatever time he has left in office. That stated, <laughs> that stated, uh, that stated, you know, I think this is serious. Um, I, New York Times was reporting that his oxygen, peripheral oxygen saturation levels, his um, SpO2s dropped below 94. They were at 93. And that would, that would meet the definition of a severe case of COVID which is, um, I imagine, why they were sort of able to put him on dexamethasone, which is the steroidal treatment that they're using in combination with things like remdesivir, uh, which is an antiviral um, drug. The two work in, in tandem. You need the antiviral, the remdesivir, because dexamethasone, this early when he's not anywhere near uh, organ failure, could potentially predispose him to more severe course of disease because um, steroids naturally uh, reduce the body's ability, uh, the, the body's immune response ability to fight off diseases itself. So you don't put somebody on a steroid who has a viral infection unless it's already very serious. Um, a steroidal treatment is not a preventive. It's not something you put on in a patient who's having a mild course of disease. So um, we know that the president was on supplemental oxygen at least at some point on Friday, um, despite his uh, doctor, um, Sean Coley, Comley, I don't know how you say it. Comley. Com Conley giving uh, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of inconsistent and I guess you could say dissembling. I mean, it didn't feel like he was being forthright or honest about the president's condition. Um, I will say this as well about that. Um, if that man is in the armed services, he should be demoted and dishonorably discharged. And if he isn't, um, people should, you know, I mean, politically. Uh, he should be fired. He has done a disservice to the country and to the White House. The White House physician's responsibility to the country is honesty and full transparency. This is not about Donald Trump as a person. This is about the individual who's the office holder of the presidency of the United States. And the American people deserve to know every change in that person's health because it's about the, the country's national security. So 
he's done a disservice to the White House. He's done a disservice to the country. He should be ashamed of himself and the people around Donald Trump who have enabled this behavior, in addition to the man himself who bears some responsibility for his own behavior, not wearing masks, not doing social distancing, not taking this seriously, clearly sees how serious it is. Sure. Here, here. Um, and, and really, to I think Alex said it well, and it's worth just reiterating for both of us, uh, or for all of us, um, it really is you know, it is about the office. And honestly, I think we said from the beginning, we don't want anyone to get COVID anymore, right? Like we want this to be over. We're mm-hmm. not, not going to celebrate anyone getting it, anyone being sick and no one should. And, and if you are so inclined to want um, President Trump to no longer be president, then you should also want to beat him. And so, um, you know, root, root for his recovery. Um, we'll move on <laughs> to a much lighter topic. Uh, yeah, there we go. Greg, after hearing the OC and the DC, uh, do you all feel better or worse about the season? Can I feel the same? Like, is that a fair, like Elon Bloom, I, I understand what you're asking here, but now having heard from them, can I feel the same? Like there wasn't anything in there that I didn't expect them to say or not to say. There wasn't any... I mean, I, it, there was nothing really of note. They they said all the things that they normally would. X players doing well. So and so is going to be a guy. So and so is going to be a dude. Um, it's the same kind of you know non-committal stuff that you hear before every college football season, right? Jonesy, did you get anything else? So I would say the one thing that's interesting, and this is not like an X and O thing. This is this is just maybe more about the interaction between the staff and the press, which was interesting to me. And is let's say that Dave Warner, um, how what's who is our last offensive coordinator? I've already forgotten him. It was Dave, wasn't it? No, uh, Brad Salem. Brad oh, Salem. Brad Salem. Yeah. Um. You know, not that either of those guys were bad dudes, but the the it, it, the thing, the tonal difference in how they're interacting with the press and sort of the like, oh, that's a really good question. The oh yeah, that's you know that's pretty thoughtful. That's a, it's an interesting point. Like you know that level of engagement, I think is this doesn't give me a sense on the season per se, um, but that I don't may know. I push back yeah. on that for a sure. Moment. Is that not potentially a product of those offensive coordinators having been members of the staff for so long and that there's an amount of error, so to speak, that builds up in the machine? Sure. There's animosities that develop. There's, you know, there's relationships that sour in between coaches. Like for the, for the staff that we have now, they haven't played a game. They're trying to make the fan base buy into what they're doing. And the <laughs> the media hasn't betrayed them yet, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's like there there haven't been any bad blood moments. Yeah, I just wanted to place. I just wanted you to really come out and say the things you were telling me before we started recording about how you don't trust the news media and that it's yep. all fake news. It's in hundred percent fake news. Everything is fake news. And Nothing and I thought real. You know, I was surprised by the points you were raising um, about the fake news media uh, before we started recording. But I, you know, I want well, to in order to protect our listenership, I've been getting really deep on QAnon just so I uh, fully understand it. 
Uh, um, I, I would say Elon Bloom, here's the thing. I, I feel, I, I, I echo Greg actually wholeheartedly. I think the, the, the level of sort of amped or interested or excited I felt about the, the team before is the same now. I, I would say that the one piece that maybe is slightly different is, is from Jay Johnson and that, um, you know, the, we talked earlier about the sort of chronicles of his past and what insights that may lend us into what he can do in the future. Hearing him talk, I, I got the sense that he's a little bit more flexible than maybe what's been written about him, that he'll do what he can with what he's got. In fact, he specifically said he would do what the defense gives you. Yeah. Is antithetical to what uh, the D'Antonio offensive scheme was, which was we have our game and we're going to play it. uh, And we, you know. But I I also think, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised that if, if Jay Johnson's offense this year versus, you know, if he's still with us, like Jay Johnson's offense in six years are wildly different offenses because the, the personnel involved are different. The the playbook I think is going to be tailored to, and and frankly, you know, these first couple of years are going to be a playbook that's tailored to the Mark D'Antonio personnel and not the personnel that, that Mel Tucker and company were able to bring in. So got to get his guys, got to get his dudes. Yeah. Um, all right. So we've heard from Kevin Greck on, uh, how he's secretly been watching college football, uh, from his phone in the closet, but plum, how much non MSU college football have you been watching? If any, I have not been watching any guys. Um, and it's not even a hill that I'm dying on. It's literally just, I haven't had the time with the puppy and the puppy training and the baby showers and the mowing of the lawn, you know, mowing of the lawn. Oh, we got to talk about the lawn afterward, by the way, plum. All right. Uh, and the baby showers uh, are more congratulations in order. Um, it's uh, it's a little announcement that I've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am pregnant, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been I've been way more in tune with uh, NBA playoffs than with college football. What about you, Jonesy? Um, I've been watching some, again, I, I think I might've mentioned I was in Cape Cod this past weekend. And so I didn't, um, oh my God. I didn't get to watch as much as I was sort of in the, the storage shore, if you will, of Cape Cod, but, okay. um, we're losing our whole, this is a Midwestern yokel flyover listenership that we have here. Okay? Well, you can't let, with the Cape Cod stuff. Let me tell you, you about how I went up to Provincetown, which is like, all the gay culture of San Francisco, but with like Portuguese ship uh, building heritage. It's supposed to be a good time up there from what I've heard. Oh, it's yeah. It, it clearly appears to be like a place that you would go and rage, but mm-hmm. there's a pandemic happening. And so it's a real bummer. Anyway. Now's not the time, but it's supposed to be, from all my understanding is that it's a good time up there. I saw a man walking another man with a leash and a puppy mask on. So that was a real, <laughs> a real party. Um, anyway, we'll head to mama maple leaf. <laughs> That's a real thing. I saw, uh, who starts with squash. There we go. Sunflower. I love that transition, by the way, <laughs> squash, sunflowers and corn kernels are the earliest domesticated crops appearing in Michigan as alumni of the first agricultural college in the nation. Which one of those crops do you choose for your garden plum? I'll head to you. <sighs> it's gotta be sunflowers. Ooh. You know why? They're pretty. 
Yeah. yeah. No, I see. I I was like aesthetically, I'm all about the sunflower, but it doesn't really, as a crop, do anything for me. No, nothing. How big does your garden have to be before you start putting corn in it? It feels like the twelfth thing that you would choose for your garden. Yes, right? that's that's a fair assessment. Yeah, I've got onions and garlic in there way before I've got corn. Yeah, that's right. Cucumbers, check. Carrots, check. Corn Green is slightly beans. above squash and pumpkins yeah um actually i may put in butternut squash before i put in corn there you go anyway uh next question from mama maple leaf uh who do you think has the more difficult job formulating a plan a hazelton using the four three players inherited and trying to implement a tucker system or b jay johnson handing out a starting shirt to which one of the three red shirts um, Greg, I'm going to turn to you first, uh, maybe give a little context on what the four, three is for people who may not know. Um, and then what surmise, what red shirts mama maple leaf may be talking about. Um, pass. Okay. Uh, so first the four, three, uh, is, uh, a reference to a defensive scheme where there are four down linemen. That is to say, four people up against the, the the offensive line and then three linebackers. It's the system that was employed by Mark D'Antonio. Um, supposedly, Mel Tucker will use a 3-4, which is three down linemen and four linebackers. Um, I, I assume that maybe she's referring to picking uh, which quarterback to go with. Um, uh, follow up mama maple leaf on question number two, please. But I'm going to go ahead and say, if that's the case, I think that Scotty Hazleton has a harder job, uh, than yeah, picking they're the not going to implement this. They're not, they're not going to implement it in the first year. <sighs> anyway, we'll move on. Uh, president Stanley recently communicated in regards to online DEI required curricula training coming up later this month. Uh, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, MSU represents a community unafraid of self-reflection. Self-reflecting on your time at MSU, where did you observe fear, hate, or ignorance of others? Um, Alex, I'll start with you. This is a great question. Yeah, it's actually a really good question from Mama Maple Leaf. <clears throat> um, I'll tell you that, I mean, I came out in college and don't remember a ton of struggle around like rejection or things, but there was definitely one evening I have a very clear recollection of in my mind where I was walking to a party somewhere off campus and I was just past IM Circle, you know, where the band practiced in that mm-hmm. big field next to the president's house. Right. And I remember starting across the field and this group of guys was walking the opposite direction and there were a couple of guys who were from Madison or maybe had dropped out of Madison. It must have been between freshman or sophomore year. And a couple of them like were like, faggot, fuck you, faggot. And I remember like, I remember turning around after they walked away. I remember turning around and going back to my dorm room. Like that was the first time I'd ever been, um, ever been sort of called out like that. And it was like very, um, sorry. No, it was just this, this one moment. But I think, you know, I, I think in many respects, that's, that's really one of the only experiences in interpersonal, which I think probably says more about my privilege as a white man than anything else and my ability to kind of code switch. Um, what about you guys? Where have you guys seen that on campus when you were there? Hmm. 
Uh, well, we, uh, Alex, you might also remember we went to, uh, in Madison, we went to school with, um, what was his name? He's the worst human being in the world. Well, it's, he's not, but he was the lawyer for one of the worst. Well, he is terrible. Um, oh, God. You're right. Name? How am I forgetting that? Uh, Kyle Bristow. Yeah, Kyle yes. Bristow. And we were that there with the Tom Tancredo. You're absolutely right. How am I forgetting that? Yeah, totally. So Kyle Bristow ran um, a Young a Americans group, for Freedom group that uh, I recall had a uh, Catch an Illegal Immigrant Day. That's yeah. right. Um, That's right. And that was uh, particularly disgusting and you know, I, I, I am, uh, I'm fully cognizant that there's a, a bizarre balance that we have to do between, um, uh, you know, the, the free speech of admittedly disgusting views. Um, and, and I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a delicate balancing act, but that was one of the more reprehensible things that I saw, um, in, uh, you know, uh, an activity that was put on by a group that was sanctioned by MSU at the time. I believe they lost the their, I believe they lost their, any affiliation with the the university, which allowed them to or made it so they could not receive money from the university. Anymore. Yes, in that year, they right. were put on the list of hate groups by the Southern Poverty Law Center, and it was huge news because there was an MSU official student group on a hate yeah. group list, the yeah. list. So they lost their accreditation, and uh, yeah, Kyle Bristow ended up being the. Personal attorney for what's his name? Spencer. Uh, Richard Spencer. Uh, who I don't think we, I honestly don't think MSU gets enough credit for this. And, and Mama may believe, I know that I'm taking liberties with your question, but Richard Spencer had one of his last large scale uh, speeches on MSU's campus. And then for my money, I think MSU and the community here handled it fairly well pretty well and uh the state of michigan really came together to discredit kyle bristow in the free press that week and then msu had uh you know had its response they tricked him basically into being off campus on a tuesday morning during spring break and the community up here in east lansing had a, a great event with all of the different houses of worship and all the different student groups and everyone as far away from the from the ag pavilion as you could possibly have it um and it sort of displayed to the country that that guy's following is eight people and the city of east lansing could put together a big hoot nanny back when you could have one of those um <laughs> in response uh and it was nonviolent. there were some arrests but it was generally nonviolent. and richard spencer decided to reevaluate things after that uh meeting so i I just defended MSU at a time where I was supposed to bring up, uh, you know, issues. Uh, but, uh, and I also rambled. Someone saved me from this. Well, I, I think maybe going. one, of, no, no, no. I think maybe one of the places that I, we've, you, you know, Greg, and I, I don't mean to exclude Alex from this because I'm sure he would agree. It's just, I know Greg, you and I have talked about it quite a bit is that um, MSU has done work and needs to continue to do work. Mm-hmm. in in their title nine um office um mm-hmm. it has been a place that uh we're maybe getting better but it has been <laughs> there's plenty of relatively disgusting stories to come out of of those experiences um and it, you know that's all a reflection on, on larry nasser which isn't necessarily fear hate or ignorance um 
if anything, it's it's sort of defensive pride that yeah. led to those decisions. Um, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> real upper of a question, Mama Maple Leaf. Thank you for asking it. Uh, this is definitely the vibe we were going for on our anniversary episode. <laughs> no, no, it's good. <laughs> no, it was. It was. I, I'm giving you a hard time. It, it was a sincerely good question, and um, and and I like that. I like that phrase. MSU represents a community unafraid of self reflection. Um, I think that is an accurate statement of of the Spartans I know and yes. the Spartans that uh, that that are going to be future leaders for our university. Yes. And, um, and so I love, I love that statement. Um, here, here. This one's right. for me. Give me this one. <laughs> I know. All right. John Hubbard's up next who asks, what is your favorite Rick Moranis movie? Plum. I mean, Greg, what's your favorite Rick Moranis movie? <laughs> my favorite Rick Moranis movie. Isn't just my favorite Rick Moranis movie. It's my favorite film. Wow. So wow. Strange brew. 1983's Strange Brew from the Great White North. Two young men uh, put a mouse in a beer bottle and take it to Elsinore Brewery and uh, chaos. To get free beer. And and much comedy. So if you haven't seen it, seek it out. It's fantastic. It's uh, not overstated. It's, well, we should because it's high-minded. It's an adaptation of of Macbeth. So... (laughs) Yeah, you look at it. It's all there. It's Macbeth. Uh, so anyway, that's Strange Brew. Watch it. Uh, take you, off, eh? You heard you heard about Rick Moranis, yes? Yeah, you got, you got sucker punched. Yeah. Is he okay? I haven't heard an update. Wait, I'm sorry. What happened? Yeah, Rick Moranis got sucker punched walking down the street in New York City. By whom? Film. Someone random, I think. Some dude. Just decided to just jack him in the face for no reason? Apparently. Stop it. There's like it's, a CCTV video of it. It's pretty gnarly. It gets dropped. It's sad. I know this is trite, but Plum, I, you know it's 2020, right? Yes. So of course, Rick Moran, I got <laughs> decked. It just it just tracks. He, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, maybe I guess I don't know. I mean, is he like a bad guy? You know, does he like? No, famously, he's a really nice resume? guy. He yeah. lost his wife. And he left oh show business yes. to raise his kids. That's right. Oh my God. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real bummer. Yeah. Real bummer. Um anyway, next question uh from John Hubbard. Plum, I'll give this one to you. How's uh Jonesy's fantasy team doing this week? Uh John, I appreciate the question mostly because Alex or because Greg does not want me to talk about it. I want to let you know that one team is doing very well. Uh, the other one I'm checking on right now um, is nobody cares. Even fine. Ask, nobody cares. And but the thing is, I benched Brady this week. I benched Brady this week. Good for you. Dude goes off, though. All right. Anyway, Nate sees up. Uh, Plum, will you of them blame Trump for having to lose to OSU again this year? <laughs> Absolutely, but they won't. They'll thank him for the opportunity to lose to OSU again this year because that's, that's the year we're living in. That is also Harbaugh messaging right there. Well, that is some Harbaugh messaging. Here, here. Uh, uh, Greg, what's your best sports analogy for Trump v. COVID? It's not a perfect analogy, but what about those guys that on long football runs drop the football right before you cross the goal line? 
um, like they just fumble it intentionally as part of their celebration as they're crossing the goal line. Uh, what do you guys think about that? It was like a big thing at Georgia for like at Georgia, for some reason they did it like four times in a season. I think for this Uh, to work, we need, we need the person to, uh, to maybe on the next play, they, they get it in, you know, because we, we would like him to recover. Um, but, uh, yeah. It's just, it it has a lot to do with like celebration going horribly wrong is why I picked it. Oh, sure. Sure. Yes. Um, sounds right. Yes. Is celebration indeed going horribly wrong? Uh, next up from Nate C, if you were running for president against Trump, (laughs) all right, Nate, (laughs) what would you say to win Michigan? Uh, I'll give it to each of you. Plum, I'll start with you. (sighs) You know, in curling, when you, you have, uh, they, they, they throw the stone down the ice and you have the, the two who are sweeping the ice. Uh, to right. facilitate it as well as they can. And their, their friend at the back, the one who's just released the stone, is screaming, hard! Hurry, 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 hard! <laughs> I like <laughs> to think that right now, uh, the coronavirus is inside the president screaming that as <laughs> it's trying to ravage him. But, but... Uh, but there are, are doctors and <laughs> dexamethasone and remdesivir, which are sweeping the stone of his life right into, uh, the, the pocket of the, um, the ice. And I think I'm using a lot of wrong words. I'm sure there are some good curling fans who will correct me, uh, but we're going to get it right in the center circle and he's going to come out of this. Okay. All right. There you go. That was a sports analogy. That was a continuation of the previous question. Uh, oh shit. Sorry. I got the wrong question. No, no, you're good. Next up from Nate C though, to you, if you were running for president against Trump, what would you say to win Michigan? Uh, um, hmm. I nope. use that answer before. Just say it all yeah. over again. Just do it again. Yeah. The whole thing again. Oh my God. Actually, I might do the same thing though. Cause it might actually work. It's so off hinged and, um, senseless that those who are going to vote for him already would certainly make sense of it and probably find it to be relevant and inspiring. And there are a couple of curling clubs in Michigan. So I've they curled might get here. A reference yes. Too. I've curled yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Doing Ferndale. Uh, I would, I would, uh, I would take a leaf out of the old Gretchen Whitmer book and just talk up Michigan eateries. I'd be like, Hey, Lafayette, uh, you know, hot dog, right? Am I right? You guys, you know, I would do a lot of that. I'd be like, I'd be all over. I'd be going, showing up with like Detroit pizza all over the place. Um, and I would also just point out that I own work pants. I have a, a dedicated pair of jeans that are work pants. Wait, what? And that man does Where's not have going? work pants. And that's how I would uh, I would get Michigan. Okay. Um, what about you, Mister East Coast Elite? Huh? What would you prob- do for Michigan? I'd probably uh, I'd probably film something in front of um, you know the University of Michigan Stadium. And say, imagine two games against Ohio State where everyone inside here died. What? That's on his. <laughs> that's on his hands. <laughs> if I'm being honest, that's what I would do. Anyway, 
next up, is it better to try and all right, Nate, come on. Is it better to try and help Republicans who are struggling with facts or just let nature run its course? Part B. Are we just in this mess because we've been too good at keep at keeping nature from running its course? <sighs> Nate, we don't want anyone to get COVID. We don't want anyone to get COVID. Science is science. We would like everyone to believe science, but we don't want anyone to get COVID. Next up, sorry like Tom. What's a football play that you think is underrated or underutilized? Little Giants. It's got to be Little Giants. No one is doing Little Giants <laughs> enough. I agree. I agree. Greg, do you have a different answer? I was going to say Statue of Liberty play because I love it whenever Statue of Liberty happens. Or Flea Flicker. Or any Fle- hook yeah. and ladder. Flea Flicker. Any of, those, enjoy... any of those backyard plays. What about the old Huffin 2, you know? <laughs> all right story like tom next question jonesy now that you live outside of the mitten that's what people call michigan for the uninitiated what's one weird thing that you didn't realize was a very michigan thing um uh, michigan has <laughs> michigan has a very overinflated sense of self uh you guys really think you've got the wines of California, the food of New York, and the beaches of everywhere. <laughs> and in reality, what, you have you none of those say? things. What are you trying no, to hold say? on a second. Now, I'm no, gonna, you know I'm right. You no, know I'm right. No, I'm going to push back on the beaches. I think Michigan's like lake beach um, aesthetic yep. is unique. I'm, I don't think you compare it sure. to the Riviera or – to you know the the elite coastal beaches, but let's be clear. Now to your other points around the food and the wine, I'm I'm not. There's not much to say about that other than, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even even breweries, you're like, well, we have the second best breweries to California. As like, no, it's just, I okay, California has the second true. best breweries to Michigan. Let's be explicit about. Yeah, that. I'm with. I, I, my only disagreement before was that we have the inflated sense of self. I don't think anyone thinks we have the best food or the best, the best wine. I think we do have the best breweries. So oh, no, the, the, the inflated sense of self is merely that you're in the conversation. Okay. Oh my God. Well, you All are right. wrong you're about breweries, <laughs> sir. I want everyone you to realize and, and appreciate in this pod, um, this Give anniversary pod, the last pod that Michael Jones will be hosting. This is unacceptable. Give me your hate. Talk about beaches all you want. Talk about food. Talk about wine. But to Hardedale? Yeah. Oh, you I'm just to too Hardedale, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You both mistake me as 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 landing on one category. He lives in New Jersey. I mean, I don't know why this question was even taken by him. I mean, yeah, like Tom, you got to do better. I'm sorry, Greg. You're having a tailgate. What would you do to convince me the chances of getting COVID at Sid tailgate are low? The only things that we'll be serving to drink are too hearted because it's the best beer on the planet. Here, here. And bleach. Bleach, which will, of course, inject into you your veins. COVID. Yes. Yep. So we're good. There. Yeah. Done. Did it. Also, I think for the record, I've said on the podcast that my favorite beer is from Michigan. Shut up. No one cares right. about you anymore. <laughs> Greg, it's been a solid year, buddy. It's been a real good year. Can um, I just pause next, really fast? Because I was in Nepal hiking, <laughs> hiking in 
Uh, I get shipped for Cape Cod, but he gets to say I was to Nepal. I I think I've tweeted. I'm going to tweet out the picture tonight. Okay, where I was because I took this picture when I listened to my first episode of this pod that was in late October. Uh, so it was probably the third or fourth pod, and I just wanted to say that. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I'm going back to this whole thing. I've been on the West Coast. I've been to, to California. You're going to tell me that there's better beer out there? There's <sighs> not. Maybe Lagunitas. Yeah. I mean, Lagunitas is good. I like not. Lagunitas. There's fine beer, but there's not exceptionally no, better it's just beer. One. Oh my. All right, yeah. here, let me re- let me rephrase now, this for you, for you, Midwest. Plums, take it fans. over. Take it over. All right, All right. What's the next question? Plums. Raymond Chains has got this one. God, I love Raymond Chains. Raymond Chains, you know I love you. This week on the D'Antonio Show, the coach It's had, my podcast. It's my podcast. It's not anymore. We I don't know who's you. talking. We, can we cut this mic? This is We, we got some weird interference. <laughs> I can't <laughs> mute him. I am. I do have the power. To I am him. the decider. All right, I'm giving this one to Jones because you never get to answer these questions. This week on the Antonio Show, Mike, the coach heads back to Michigan to confront a random Twitter user who's been making up faults, sometimes insulting stories about him. Or (laughs) after his wife tells him he's stodgy, coach goes to the mall for piercings and tattoos. But the family. (laughs) Which is it? I I love the idea that that Mark Antonio. Gets some super sleuth, uh, you know, activity together and knocks on Raymond Chains's door to, <laughs> to, to to confront him about the false and insulting stories. Uh, though I don't know, Greg, do you think do you think D'Antonio maybe does the sort of splash of purple in the hair at at the ripe age of seventy four? Taking a shot at it. I do. You know, he's he's a new grandfather. You know, he's got a. He, oh, yeah, comes, sure. He gets inked for the for the grandbaby. Right. Yeah. You got to put like the initials on there on the knuckles or something. Um, on the knuckles. <laughs> I, I got to give it to, to Raymond Chain. Every week he brings two of these. That's how secure he is in his D'Antonio show premises that he brings two every week. And they're always fantastic. They never drop off. This shtick um, is one of my favorite parts of this pot. I want to be very clear about that. Indeed. I think everyone just jumps Don't say more because otherwise he wants show. he wants an assistant producer credit and we can't give it's it. It's fine. He can have it. I'll give him my point. It, it, yeah, it's fine. We, we have all the money here and we can't give any of it up. So much money from this podcast. Um, next up from Raymond Chains. What will the Rutgers game actually reveal and how will I be able to watch it? Uh, well, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but TV? <laughs> streaming device um it's gonna be on like the fox so, sports app hopefully yeah, plum, let's start nothing. with you do you th- yeah plum do you think there will be anything i mean the rutgers games lately if i'm recalling correctly have been maybe a, a, a stitch closer than we wanted them to be do you think anything will be revealed in the game I think we're going to see just how fantastic Jay Johnson is at play calling for the offensive line uh, for the quarterbacks. And we're going to see Mel Tucker uh, show more emotion than Mark D'Antonio did in all of his seasons. Rutgers is going to reveal how great this team is and Raymond change. You're going to watch it in a state of excited euphoria. <laughs> Greg, what do you got? I think uh, hopefully it reveals nothing. It's going to be a big problem if it does. Sorry, Raymond. I know that's not very exciting. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am hopeful that uh, we'll be able to sort of get a 
kind of classic pound green pound game out of this one and just be able to run. Yeah. That would uh, be. That would be great. great. I didn't know you were continuing uh, because I wanted you to answer this next question from Raymond James. Jonesy was getting aggravated last podcast, wasn't he? Alcohol was the factor. (laughs) I don't think that even Um, needs an answer. (laughs) Next question. I don't think, did I get, I I had a hard time listening to the last episode, but I I don't think I got particularly aggravated, did I? Hmm. Did I? I I mean, I I, I know. I know that there was the time where um, I, I pretty much told um, the, our listeners to kick the curb because I didn't care about their moral indignation about the Big Ten taking mm-hmm. tests. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still baffled, though, that that say the Big Ten is using tests that presidential campaigns don't seem to be. But that's confusing. Um, he gaveth of himself that we may have football. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Biden. <laughs> Oh, How is that dude true. not getting tested every day? That's also anyway, true. Um, I like to think that Raymond knows us better than we know ourselves. Yeah. Uh, no, Raymond, I actually, I thought I was, uh, I was faux angry, uh, faux aggravated. Um, it was, it was, I don't want to say it was a bit, but uh, it was, I honestly, I liked that, uh, that Greg Plum and I had disagreement on the pod and that you all responded to it. And I quite enjoy uh, living in uh, the discomfort of you hating my opinions uh, because it's fine. You guys are here to, uh, you know, I, I hope we provide some semblance of entertainment and it's okay if we all disagree because we're all coming from the right place. And also I did get a little spicy at Graham Couch. So that was that was a weird thing that happened last episode. Who? Uh, the good point. Uh, next up. um Will George Blaha be calling the games as per usual during the Black Plague? Plum, Blaha, is he going to be there? Touchdown, MSU! hey I think it's a yes. Yeah, dude. It's a full yes. A full you can't hearted. keep him down. No, you, can't. you can't keep George down. No. Nothing going to stop him uh-uh. from his Spartans. Do you think they'll have the PA guy there, though? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, some of the stuff that they say is useful to the team. So, yeah. No, it's a beautiful day for football. Eh. You still have to say that you can't ruin the streak on that. No. Do you think do you think they'll have Sparty get hit by lightning before the game? Oh, my God. Yes, I think they'll still do some kind of stadium amp thing. Yeah. You know what I hope they do? And I hope I can somehow hear in the background, even though no one will be there is the alma mater the greatest alma mater in the entire next up from taylor anderson oh who is your favorite play-by-play <laughs> announcer so any sport uh plum i'll go to you favorite play-by-play announcer oh i don't know is it gotta be will teeman he got it no it's not will teeman he's terrible it um, can't possibly be I don't know. Um, It's not Dick Vitale. God knows that. I guess there's a lot of people who it isn't for me. Um, I don't really have an answer, Greg. I don't know. Who was the trouble with the snap guy? I mean, yeah, that was Uh, Sean McDonough. Yeah, Sean McDonough. Like that was that was a moment that really stuck out to me. Like, what a pro. Um, Yeah, yeah. He knew. Yes, yes. A pro. That's exactly. And despite the emotion in his voice, the heartbreak, terror, recognition that all that he'd hoped for was gone. And still he maintained his professionalism. Beautiful. 
Oh, and no, also- We didn't say I, Gus Johnson. <laughs> uh, I want to say, just this is an aside, the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles uh, played- um, And played? Who, played who last week? I'm, I'm trying to remember. Either way, um, Peterson punted for the win, or punted for the tie, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but think to myself, oh boy, you've not seen how wrong this can go. Mm. Like, you know, the idea that you're punting for the win or punting to secure a tie, which punting to secure a tie is obviously, is there something that's more Big Ten than that? Yeah. I will also add Brad Nessler to that list. I've always liked Brad, and I'm kind of sad that he doesn't really do Big Ten games anymore. Um, Brad Nessler's voice has always been like a, a, a big, like a big game signifier to me. Uh, and Reese, Reese Davis does a good job when he does play by play. I think too. I like Reese. Um, Dave Pash. I'm going to go ahead and say Dave Pash also because of the disdain, uh, that he treats Bill Walton with. Yeah. I don't think if you knew him, (laughs) you would have put him on your list. I'm I'm doing it for right now. I'm going with okay. it. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, next up from Taylor. Great question, Taylor. Uh, favorite non-MSU college football stadium you've been to? You guys like to brag about stadiums you've been to. Uh, what do you got? Uh, Plum, I'll start with you. Um, I don't really have one. No, Lucas hard. Oil Stadium. I've been that's there a couple not, times. No, that's not a college football stadium. Uh, I. It's tough because it's like yeah. Indiana. Yeah. Uh, really I don't think <laughs> I've Northwestern. Ever, I actually don't think I've been to one. I don't think I've been to another. I don't think I've been to another college football. I guess I've refereed soccer at Toledo's. There you go. Stadium, and it was semi-inviting. But God, that's a sad answer. <laughs> my choice is ryan nearson stadium oh yes michigan. eastern michigan well done sir soccer actually plays next door to that on uh on uvaland o- o- field or something like that uvaland it's like uverheister or something dutch sounding um i'm trying you, to remember Jonathan? if i've been to one other than a place that cannot win by virtue of its existence um because the thing is, is that the University of Michigan's uh, football stadium cannot win by virtue of the fact that I don't have a different one to pick from, because that's a terrible place to watch a football game. Um, I think I've been to Centrals, yeah. so I'm going to pick Centrals. I wish I could pick Waldo. If I had been into Waldo, that would be my choice right now. Um, but I, I have not been to a lot of the hallowed houses. When when sports football. come back, I have planned to go to Connick to watch. As soon as Michigan State and Iowa are playing there, you know. Do your wave. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently it's a great place to watch a game. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. That's uh, what they say. I think we should make a, a trip out to Nebraska while they're still allowed to be part of the conference because I mean, <laughs> I'm down for that. I, I had a planned trip out to Kinnick one year when I was living in Chicago and we canceled it at the last minute and it was the right decision because MSU got housed in that game and mm. uh, we would not have been happy campers no, because uh, there was a lot on the line. 
it would have been nice to have won that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, next right. up, yes, Taylor Anderson Jonesy. Are you letting slash encouraging your kid to have another college team to root for as a slave for the inevitable heartbreak loving MSU will bring? I don't think you meant slave. I think you mean salve. Salve. Mm. I misread it. Salve. I misread it. And it didn't seem like the right word. So I should have known better. <laughs> um, uh, Taylor. No, <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Uh, he can divert his attention to other sports or he will learn the Spartan way, which is immediately refocus on basketball season, which is upcoming. Also. So, true. Yeah. um, no, I'm, he's not there yet either, but like, no, um, no, right. It might feel free to fact check me on the parenting here. Uh, those who without, but like objectively, would you give your child a second team to root for? Yeah, Plum, is Yali going to have two teams? Oh, my God. Duh. <laughs> yeah, hey, Greg, I love how you, you tossed the question over to Plum and insulted me at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that is able hosting right there. That's, that's why you're getting rid of me. All right, we'll head to that's... Always Thinking 1835. Oh. By the way, I just saw my Miller Lite can. Uh, established in 1855. Wow. It's a great year. I'll be in college older, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to take uh, Miller Lite and MSU having the same founding year as a good sign. Anyway, always thinking 1835, best names for goldfish. Plum, you've named things recently. Sure. Goldfish. Um, Sally. How is, how's temporary the goldfish for a name? Oh my temporary God. the goldfish. <laughs> Uh, best name, <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. I'm going to go with it. Wait for it. Clockwise. That's what I'm going to name goldfish. Nice. Um, plum best names for a dog other than Yali. Ah, um, yeah. What was the backup? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. RBG. Uh, in an episode, an early episode of Seinfeld, there's a dog named Farfel, which I've always kind of liked for a, a dog name. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ch- I'm going to go far full. That's far great. Full. I like that a lot. All right. Um, always thinking 1835. Next question. Best names for a fantasy football league and or team. I will say always thinking 1835. My both of my fantasy football teams are named the three star Slenderman uh, in honor of Kevin Greck. And the logo is bing, indeed bing, a Slenderman bing, 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 bing. with Kevin Greck's face on top. <laughs> so good. Uh. There Plum, it is. There's your you got anything else? No, that's it for sure. That's it. Great. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, to my landowning friends here, what would you name your home? Well, I would push it back. We're not Cape Cod people. We're not really name the estate people. So, what about you, Jonesy? Yes. What would you name yeah. Come your on, home? coastal elite. Yeah, we're just over here being so thrilled with our wine and our food and our beer that's not as good as we think it is. <laughs> uh, your pizza's pretty good, though. I will give you that. And the Coney just Dogs, take... I missed those. Oh, my God. <sighs> anyway. Um, what do you name well, the manor? I... What do you name it? Sukasa? I don't know. Oh, I'm not into the naming too. things. Wait, wait. How do I say uh, how do I say our house? Boo. 
Is, it, right, in the, is it in the middle of the street? Okay. That's anyway, from yeah. the Upper Neck Jerk Guy, what are the yeah, best drugs for depression and anxiety yeah. besides weed? Uh, <laughs> Jones, I'm going to throw well, that one Well, butrin. All right. And alcohol. And okay. lots of alcohol. <laughs> lots of booze. Lots of beer. <laughs> lots of beer. Upper Guy. <laughs> Uh, next up from the upper deck jerk guy with the NFL postponing game. Should I push for a cancellation of my fantasy league? I swear it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm own three. Funny. You ask upper deck jerk guy. Greg, do you want to take this one? Uh, listen, take, if, if, if you're desperate, take what you can, man, do this. Uh, you know, if, if it's in the rules, of the league, go for it. Uh, everyone will hate you. Of course, because it, you entered into a fantasy football season knowing that this was going to happen. But go for Thank it. Thank you. Maybe you can get your 20 bucks back. <laughs> Let me tell you, I protect your guy. People who think that they should be able to have players who they can just magically take the estimated points from because they didn't actually play the game are the worst kind of people. Has nothing to do with the fact that I had no one on Pittsburgh or Tennessee playing this week. Anyway, now that the Michigan Supreme Court has ruled against Whitmer's, Governor Whitmer's ability to lock down the state, will Grooch. (laughs) 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 New record! Oh, Grooch. (laughs) That's actually good. (laughs) Start. We hit it, upper lecture guy. You did it. Will Grooch start going to parties again? What do you mean start, Upper Deck Shirt, guys? I've been going to uh, speakeasies. I've been on the down low. I've been going to all the frat parties. Man, we didn't stop. We just went underground. Grooch and the gang. You know Grooch, how it is. Grooch's uh, code name is Super Spreader 2020. Uh, right. So. Uh, Grooch Spreader <laughs> 2020. I- uh, I hope you introduce yourself on the next podcast as I am Grooch. Uh, <laughs> all right, next up, B-List. What's the most complicated car problem you fixed yourself, Plum? I'll send it over to you. Hmm. I changed a serpentine belt once in my old um, my old uh, Buick, uh, Buick uh, Sentry, my grandma's old Buick Sentry. Oh, I remember nice. that car. Yep. Nice. Yep. Greg, what do you got? I, I think that outdoes me. I did uh, disc brakes. Oh, no, no, no. That that wins. That wins. If you did brakes, yeah, you, oh, you win. Aren't belts more complicated no, than brakes? No, no, no. I had to get a tensioner rod, um, but I got that. That was a pretty easy find. No, no, no. Brakes, my God. I can't even imagine. What is... Uh, you just take the wheel off, and then you pop off the caliper, and it's not that bad. And I've changed a tire. Uh... Next up from B-List, how would you rather spend the upcoming Big Ten season on the Spartan sideline, no mask, and can't talk to anyone, or in D'Antonio's living room, breaking down the game with Mark? Greg, what do you got? You're a damn fool if you choose anything but the latter option. I mean, just to be in in the room. With Mark D. Listen. With with the growl. Yeah. You know? And Becky D'Antonio making a little bit of a uh, little uh, Totino's pizza rolls in the oven for you guys to yeah. to, to Maybe a little uh, cocktail wieners as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And a croissant with some cheese. Absolutely. Obvious. Easy. As someone that's been on the sideline during a game, oh. <laughs> once you get past how they're giant dudes, it's actually not that great a place to watch the game. Honestly, it's hard. 
it's a hard place. If you're not in, in the right end zone where the action is, you're better off with Mark. I'll just tell you that. It Honestly, it, it, I mean, it, even how it ended, I would take the the wealth of knowledge that he had to share, like, in a heartbeat. I'd pick the and, hell out of his brain. And Becky's pizza rolls. Yes, homemade pizza rolls, I hear. Um, all right. Uh, Greg Plum, that is the one-year anniversary episode. We have literally one minute before we hit the time where we decided that we were going to cut it off. Greg, I'll, I'll turn it to you first, uh, and then I'll turn it to Plum. Do you have any parting thoughts on the one-year mark? As we reflect back on a year? Yeah. Well, I reflect back on this episode, and I think we got this far without Jonesy insulting the whole state and just being wrong about beer. Just being wrong about it. Uh, no, nah, I'm proud of us, man. We got through it. I don't know when it wants to, no one cares, but podcasts is work and you got to keep dedicated to it. And there's a reason that there is a big heap of no longer supported podcasts. And I understand why that is the case. And someday Jonesy and I might not be doing this anymore and we'll join that list. But in the meantime, uh, I think we've accomplished a lot. I'm, I'm proud of us. What about you, my man? Well, I'll turn it to Plum first. Uh, Plum, as a as a new person and former listener uh, to the pod, what's uh, what's hitting the one year mark like for you? Well, I'll tell you from the beginning. You know, <clears throat> I I enjoyed having a place to turn to have someone express the emotions that I felt watching Michigan State at their best and at their worst, whether football or basketball. Knowing that I could tune in and hear you guys give an honest reflection and reaction to the uh, current Spartan events of the day has always been something that I looked forward to and kind of set my weekend calendars about. And then obviously in March, when this horribleness fell upon us and I had something to offer in terms of a background or expertise and making sense of some of the public health aspects of this, it's been a, a tremendously fortuitous way to kind of get onto the pod and, uh, you know, force myself into, uh, these conversations, uh, though my sports uh, acumen may be sorely lacking at times and my ability to read copy only as good as what's in front of me, I uh, <laughs> s- still like to think CMS I, sports still, is an institution. still like to think I add a little color to the, to the dynamic and doing it with you guys has been a real joy for these uh, for these these several weeks and uh, and hope it goes on for a long time. So congratulations. Thank you. And, and I would just add that, you know, um, I, I want to say thanks to everyone who's stuck with us on this journey. I know that mm-hmm. some weeks are definitely better than others. Um, and that to, to Greg's point, there is a, a point to the consistency, but you know, these last uh, shit, six months have been trying for all of us. And I sincerely hope that the podcast has been a bit of a bright point sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes in your lives, because being able to hang out with you guys, even if it's through Twitter questions, has been a bright point at times in my life, too. Uh, this has been a a lot rougher than I think I, any of us ever thought it was. And we're we're sincerely excited to talk about sports. It's been a weird year. And this this group that we've created here uh has been really 
really important. And so uh, thank you to both my co-hosts and thank you to our listeners. Um, it, I, I honestly, we set this out and I am, I don't want to say surprised we made it a year because I'm not really surprised, but it's been, it's been fun. It's been a high point of the year. So um, that's for me. Uh, gentlemen, go green. Go white. Go white, Jonesy. And plum. And crack. And me. And, and Yali. Cr- 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 cr-